Ozzy is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World, your weekly celebration of all things New Jersey, from people to places to nostalgia to history to food to all the sorts of nonsense that we love about this crazy state that we live in. I want to thank everybody who's a member over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the World. We just did our monthly roundup, our live stream um, that we do for the Turnpike tier. We covered a lot of topics. Uh, Sheila Oliver, Bagels by Jarrett versus West Orange, uh, a cafe in the Valley section of West Orange suffering from anti-LGBT uh, vandalism with the community rallying around it. Uncle Floyd being sick, Central Jersey being real, Pete Genovese walking the entire length of Long Beach Island. It was a really good live stream. You can watch the archive if you're on the Turnpike tier. If you want to go over there and join, it's at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Got to thank everybody who came out to the end of the road theater in Cape May for my first show of the tour, 21 shows in 21 counties. It was an admittedly weird show, but that theater is lovely. They had a gross point blank poster, which is my favorite movie, which made me feel great about the place. And huge shout out to my friend, Allie May brilliant comedian who opened up that show and guess what everybody we sold out the first 10 shows that we announced so we're about to this week announce uh extra shows in Booton, montclair and jersey city we're gonna have uh late shows on those nights and then we're also going to announce our shows that are coming up in warren sussex mercer bergen and camden counties so keep your eye on my social or chrisgeth.com for all those ticket links but we will be coming soon to Hackettstown, Sparta, Trenton, South Hackensack, and Haddon Heights. So thanks for everybody who's been supporting the tour. Now this week's episode is pretty sweet and simple. I was out uh, on vacation camping with my family up in High Point State Park and Worthington State Forest, and it was so great. And kudos to everybody who held it down. Mike D with the Brewster interview. Uh, the, the deep dive on Nutley really shined. I listened to it. It was so funny. And it was funny, the text thread from New Jersey's The World was like going around after the tape and being like, Bonaduce, that was insane. That was amazing. You did so good. And I thought it was going to be like Bonaduce going full Bonaduce. No, Nikki just held it down. Great, hilarious episode. Now, this episode that we're about to do ties into my vacation because uh, while we were at Worthington State Forest, we were there with my son wanted to break up our nine-day camping trip, realized, hey, we're only about 20, 25 minutes away from the land of make-believe. So we went. We went to the land of make-believe. I hadn't been there in well over 30 years. And you'll hear. If you don't listen to anything else, I just want you to know, the land of make-believe rules, it's worth your day. Take your family there. The water park side of it is new and awesome. Just that alone is worth your money. And if you want to hear more about the land of make-believe, including some of the real old throwback stuff, including some really strange stuff. You're going to want to buckle up for this episode. Enjoy it, everybody. Hi, everybody. Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World, a weekly podcast where sometimes we interview people from around New Jersey. Sometimes we talk about New Jersey history, food, nostalgia, whatever's happening, current events, celebrities, which celebrities should fight each other to the death we don't care. We just talk about what we feel like in the moment. And it's fun, damn it. Anyway, Mike D, how you doing tonight? We do kind of care about celebrity death matches, though. I will say that. Yeah, maybe more than any other topic that we've ever covered. <laughs> we do care about that. Seems like a lot of people care about celebrity death matches. Could Redman beat Chris Christie to death with his hands or would he need a weapon? Pretty good episode right there. Bonaduce, how you feeling? Pretty good. It's Tuesday. It's uh, whatever. It's Tuesday. Tuesday's always hectic. Worked a double. Came down here. You guys made my night. Making it happen. I was in the city. You were working. We still managed to make the recording happen. I will say, as always, uh, it is a Tuesday night. I am currently on duty <laughs> for my first aid squad in a small Morris County town. So if you hear a pager go off, Mike and Nick will finish the episode, which with this one will be impossible. So I'm fascinated. See how that goes. Um, because I will have to go tend to the welfare of Morris County residents. We did quite well. Oh, dude, I'm like on the, on the Nutley episode. You guys on the Patreon did a deep dive on Nutley, and I gotta say, I'm about ten minutes from the end. Oh God! And look, everybody needs patreoncom slash is the world. I need to just pat my my brothers on the back here. 
Because that text thread blew up and everybody was like, that episode was so funny. Holy shit, Nick, you were so good. Isn't that? And I was like, what craziness is this going to be? And instead, my old pal, Nikki Bonaduce, come on, is just like hitting threes as if he's taken 10 years of improv classes. It was fucking great and hilarious and all that Annie Oakley shit is great. And if you're not on the Patreon, you're going to want to join just to check out this episode. Even if you join, just check this one out. And it was even better having like the Pine Baroness there and, and uh, all that good stuff. It, it was a lot of fun. You guys made my birthday. I was a little down in the dumps and uh, it was probably like the highlight of my day. It's the highlight of mine. So. Happy birthday, Nikki Bonnet. It was so all that fucking woke West City stuff, <laughs> the Annie Oakley nonsense. It was great. And I'm so mad I wasn't there because I've long said Nutley is my personal Essex County blind spot. I constantly think it's in Passaic County because I associate it with Route 3 and Clifton. Really? And I just always forget. Oh, yeah. It's Essex County area. I know. I, mi I, I missed the boat on that episode and I'm mad and it was so funny. Kudos to you guys. We'll take you to the Nutley shop right someday, Chris. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, we'll, we'll go on an adventure together. You guys will also be happy to hear. So for anybody who, who didn't see this, and I think that's many of you, you can Google it on your own because I ain't promoting it. A reporter reached out to us recently and said he wanted to talk to us about how we always talk about the West Orange and Livingston feud. And an article came out in the local Livingston paper. He interviewed us. And I just want to say, first of all, this guy had no bad intentions. Yeah. Um, but I knew how it was going to go oh. and you guys can vouch for me the whole time. I was like, look, man, like we used to talk shit in high school. I'm 43 years old now. I'm a dad. I got love for everybody. I'm not trying to start fights with Livingston. At the I was saying, I go, we can talk about it, but I, I needed to be noted that this is all tongue in cheek, this and that. He's like, oh, of course. And he did say it in the article to a degree, but that article, they bring up Mike and Nick and me, and then I'm the only one they quote, and it's just me saying something terrible, inflammatory shit about Livingston the whole time. And then they quote Bonaduce once, and the quote they include from him, unbelievable, is that the shop right in Livingston has great fried chicken, and it does. <laughs> so he says a compliment about their fried chicken. And then it's me being like those rich kids, stuck up fucks, all cutting out the parts where I'm like, the things we would have said when we were 15 is these stuck up rich kid fucks. And it just picks up right at these rich kids. And you guys will be happy to hear I got the call from my mom today. No way. For real? As you predicted. Yep, got the call from my uh, Did you tell her about it or did you find up on, on her own? My aunt, well, because my aunt and uncle still live there and oh. my cousin Cynthia. And I, dude, and they're great. Like, I don't, I don't catch up with them as much as I should. But my Aunt Trish found it. And my mom told me that my Aunt Trish gave her a call. This, is there anything North Jersey than the sentence, my Aunt Trish gave my mom a call? <laughs> like, that's a very North Jersey thing to say. But my Aunt Trish found it. And I guess she was laughing about it. But my cousin Cynthia doesn't love that I talk so much shit on Livingston. And I just want to say, I think you guys can vouch for me. I'm not out here trying to be one of these fake news people. But I, I, I think I made it very clear I think I made it very clear what my vibe was and my tone was. And I don't know that the vibe and tone I was presenting were fully captured in that article. I have the exact opposite take, which is this is the ultimate teenage revenge fantasy where 30 years later, a reporter with an actual print newspaper gave us 1,200 words on the second page to mock the town that we were bullied by when we were teenagers. It's insane. It's a great. It's the ultimate. It's a 30-year revenge plot. We've got mad West Orange street cred, man. Fuck that. Oh, it's all and you know what? Nick, you it reignited my dislike for Livingston, especially since, like, nothing <laughs> against this guy, nice guy, but, like, he's not even fucking from there, motherfucker. I hear you, man. I hear you. But I'll also say this, Mike, because you're like, oh, it's the ultimate teenage revenge, but Bonaduce can vouch for me 100% on the following, it also was exactly like our teenage experience because Nick, who did they organize the interview through? Mike D. Do you remember? Mike D. Of course. And who is not quoted in the article while I look like a fucking psychopath 
asshole. And Mike, well, you know, is Mike always, always doesn't want like to be spotlighted anyway. And like, I'm like the idiot, so I can take the hit anyway for both of you guys. But like, my concern is always ruining your careers, not you guys ruining Dude, mine. It, it's just like our high school but you experience. Know what? Talking shit on Livingston, like, going a little too big. And what was my attitude? And Mike D organized it and nothing sticks to him like fucking Teflon. Whereas I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, Livingston cops are fucking jerk offs. And then you're like, chicken is good. And then it's, and that's the whole article. And now I know too, everybody who listens to this show is going to go find this article. That's even better. And cream me on it. And they should. No, whatever, dude. Fuck that. But I was, I read it. I was like, this is, I guess the guy tried to represent what I was saying, but I'm like, man, I'm not trying to sit around in my forties, getting my aunt and uncle mad talking shit about Livingston. You know, what's funny though. Last week I was watching my buddy's house in Florham Park and um, he stupidly left, left the keys to like very nice uh, sports cars. One was the Mustang. So I drove a white 1987 Mustang blazing down South Livingston Avenue, blowing it up. And I pull into 7-Eleven like sure as shit, like T-tops open, like pull in there. I'm like revving my engine. Look across the street. Who's there? Mr. Copper. I was like, oh, shit. Right by the 7-Eleven? Right by the 7-Eleven. Like literally just sitting there like watching me the whole time. I'm like, you know, it's like it's a cool old car. My buddy like put a lot of money into it, and it's like has awesome exhaust. So like, all you have to do is, it is a cool car. Dude, you start that thing, and it's like. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm an asshole. I'm fucking revving the engine. Like, as soon as I pull out into Livingston Avenue, like, here we go. I went back in time to being 17 years old and having to drive back from 7-Eleven, like stoned out of my mind with like a Slurpee, minus the idiot friends in the car. And I'm like, okay, I'm going exactly the speed limit. I know he's right behind me. Follows me right to the fucking line because I drove to West Orange after that down Northfield. Um, and I was like, oh, the same feeling. I was like, me, it's West Orange. I was like, thank God. Well, it's funny. That was one of the things we talked about in the interview that I think he maybe quoted. I forget, but it was actually pretty eye-opening to even realize of like, he pointed out, like when you talk to Livingston people, they don't care about this West Orange rivalry. And a lot of them don't even know about it, which I have found is true. Um, like Adam Pally is a comedian friend of mine. And when, when I tried to give him shit, he was like, yeah, I think I knew the Western kids didn't like us, but like he didn't really know about it. He didn't care. And I realized West Orange kids used to be like, fuck Livingston period. But a lot of the people who were harassing us were just the Livingston cops. It wasn't Livingston kids, but the cops did give us a hard time. You'd go up there. Well, they were protecting those kids, you, yeah. And they'd wait by that 7-Eleven because it was right by the top of Northfield, and they knew that's how the West Orange kids all made it there. And I mean, like, I was a good kid. I got pulled over at least two or three times by Livingston cops. And I was a, I mean, like, I'm a pretty nerdy straight shooter in most ways. Like, if they were pulling me over, they were pulling everybody who came up Northfield over who they saw kind of lingering in that parking lot, undoubtedly. Anyway, could talk all night. I, I did have a topic I wanted to bring up. Um, so you guys crushed that. Nutley, Deep Dive, Mike D. The Brewster interview, people are loving it. Oh, I, I saw our old friends Jackson Pines, another musical guest, it, leaving comments saying they'd like to play shows with Brewster, which if we could facilitate a kinship of folk Americana Jersey bands. That would be amazing. The reason I missed those episodes was I was camping with my family Look at you. all over Northwest Jersey. Uh, I spent a couple nights in High Point State Park. Incredible. Right there around Sawmill Lake. That Wharton. It was really cool. Wharton State Park. You can jump in the car five minutes. You're swimming at High Point. Hallie walked up to the top of the tower. I waited at the bottom with Cal because heights are not as much my thing. Went to Worthington State Forest, as per Mike D's recommendation. Really, really beautiful campground for anybody who hasn't checked it out. You pick the sites up above the bathrooms if you want a river view, everybody. I picked site, campsite 17. It did not have a river view. You go up towards like 10, 11, 12. These river views are spectacular. I messed that one up, but still, great trip. Rafted on the Delaware with some family friends and their cool. kids. It was cool. It was a great trip. I had some observations driving. that. First of all, that drive from High Point over to Worthington, took us on all these county roads and local roads. Beautiful. Drove past the Wallpack Inn, the desolate restaurant. I've always wanted to eat there and never had the chance. That's a great, I've been to a bunch, I used to go to a holiday party there every year. It was fantastic. I hear it's incredible. I want to go back. I'll also say it took me right right through the town of Wantage at one point. Oh yeah. Uh, which I think is Sussex County. Absolutely. And I had an observation, which was when you drive through Wantage on the main drag, they have um, 
they have the board of education building directly next to a funeral home. And the funeral home is a visibly nicer building than the board of education by a mile. And it told me a lot about Sussex County and what they think about no education, just death. These are the priorities. That's terrible. Um, it was a beautiful trip, beautiful stretch of the state, but there's a big thing I need to tell you guys about and that we got to go over immediately because as you guys know, Camping is lovely, but we were out there nine days with a four-year-old. You got to break it up. It's a long, long time I was gone. Time, man. You got to break up. The toddler, he's not going to want to do the same thing every day. So I said to Hallie, hey, we're up here, Worthington. I looked it up, like a 20-minute drive from the land of make-believe in Hope, New Jersey. There's everything up there, actually. You could have hit them all. Oh, there's a bunch. The Wolf Preserve is right there. Franklin Mine, we drove past. Franklin Mine? Right, they made that they made that bigger and better now too. Like supposedly they opened the shafts there or something. They couldn't have made it worse. <laughs> oh my god, that was the worst one with those kids. I took them to the land of make believe. I have not been there since 1985, and man, do I have some things to tell you guys about. It's a great, great trip. You want to just get into it? So I, 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 my impression is still from like when I was a kid and like. Because we're local, we always saw like all the commercials for Land of Make Believe and mm-hmm. Space Farms and uh, Wild West City and like, you know, and even Action Park, like the, the commercial that was like never updated. It was just like the same one you saw every summer or whatever. But uh, I like Space Farms, they supposedly updated. What's the deal with uh, Land of Make Believe? Like, okay. I want to put a few thoughts out there about the Land of Make Believe to bounce off you guys. And the first one is this it's great. Yeah, nice. Legit for kids and adults. That's awesome. Because there's a whole new second half of it that's just a water park, and it's fucking badass, dudes. And I don't think word has spread on this enough. I'm talking fun for kids and grownups. You guys both know my wife well enough to know. Like, she's a daredevil. Oh, yeah. She was a professional aerialist for a long time. Yeah, super badass. Some of those slides, she was up there. She's like, you have got to go on this one. They have this kiddie area in the water park with a whole big pirate ship for the kids to climb on. One of them has a big giant bucket that fills yes, and it starts clanging that. a bell when the giant bucket's about to tip and all the kids run under it. It's fun. They got the lazy river. The lazy river's great. They got it where like, you could do the whole thing chill, or if you want to go under like the waterfalls, push your friends under the waterfalls. We were doing a little of that. Cal was laughing. We let him push me under a waterfall. I acted all grumpy. He thought it was funny. Hallie went on this one fucking thing that just looks like the biggest skateboard half pipe you've ever seen, like an X Games level giant fucking half pipe where they just put you on a slide at the top at one end and just launch you down. And you just go up a fucking half pipe and a tube up and down. She was screaming her head off. We were watching from about halfway across the park. We found this like viewing area. I turned to Cal. He made me laugh so hard because he's, you know, he's almost four and a half now. So he can really have a conversation. I go, Cal, if, if that ride made mommy scream like that, what do you think daddy would do? And he goes, you'd right now be going, oh, I want my mommy. Like my oh son my just started God. mocking me to Rip my it on you. Face. But dude, you guys know if there's a ride making Hallie scream, this is a for real fucking thing. Is it that giant raft, the one, and then you wind up going through down the center of it? Like, or no, is it just a half pipe? Oh, okay. No, it's just straight up a half pipe. It, it's just what it's just you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down a couple times, but it's fucking, I mean, it's got to be 60 feet tall. That's awesome. It's fucking cool, man. This water park is modern and cool. And good for anybody. And it's made for kids, so it's not like intimidating like when you were a kid and you would go to like Action Park or if you even go to like It's kind of perfect. Like Casino Pier. Well, dude, because it's not huge. And it's kind of this perfect construction because what we did, which I think it's kind of designed for in this really brilliant way, we realized one of us can play with Cal and all the other kitty shit and then the other can go hop on a water slide and go do one of the big grown-up badass ones. And I mean, they got some of these ones where you go and you stand in the little chamber and and it's borderline vertical and the floor falls out. Like, they got cool fucking shit. You know what's crazy? At the Land of Make-Believe Water Park. I will not go on roller coasters, but I will go on almost any water slide. And my favorite one is the one where- I'm very similar. You just drop, like where the floor drops out. They got two of those. I don't go on those. I went on one where- the whole, it's like an enclosed tube and they paint it black. So you're in 
total oh. fucking darkness getting swung around in there. And I went on another one, a uh, cream colored one that Hallie was like, go on that one. And it was badass and it was fucking fun. Cal had a blast. It's great. So I just want to say before I talk any shit moving forward about other things I may or may not have seen at the Land of Make Believe, I just want to say like the water park is legit great. If you go spend your money there, you'll have a good time. Now we went on a weekday, so the lines weren't long on anything that, you know, it, it's one of these places where if it's packed it up summer though, yeah, it could have there's been. not a, there's not a ton of stuff. So the lines could get long. I imagine don't blame me if they're long. We got lucky on this, but I'm just telling you, this is like, you know, we have clowned on wild West city a little bit. And I, I wonder if we go and look ever and see the modernization is what we'll say. I heard they have a water park too. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, it's the, the rivers of blood. I drove the, by there twice this week. The rivers of blood when the Cowboys shoot each other with real guns. That's their water park. It was, it, we drove, we drove by wild West city twice this week because we were up there for some other reason. And it looked packed, like jam packed. Like parking lot full. I'll go. You know, we should go before the summer's up, man. We should go. I'm just telling you, if you drive out to Hope, a town that is very optimistically named, and a, a, a town probably named because people need it, you know, <laughs> say it, speak it into existence. Hope. Let's make it happen. It's worth your fucking money. It's a good park. Now, here's the brilliant part that I want to talk to you guys oh, about. The other half of that park <laughs> is by and large the exact same fucking thing we all did in the mid 80s and it's fucking crazy and it's awesome there's a couple newer rides but there's a bunch of shit there my dad went there when he was a kid and there are a couple rides that i would bet money my father went on as a child and i went on as a child and cal went on as a child and there's some stuff that's wild it's taking notes is everything maintained or are they just like slap a coat of paint on everything? Everything's pretty, here's where they, like everything's pretty well maintained, but here's where you notice it's a park from the fifties before they had like seatbelts design oh. in mind. No dude, shade. Oh, There is not a fucking square inch of space to get out of the sun in the old half of the park. It's just, everything is like you're staying in the heat watching you know, they got little rides where Cal can pretend to ride a car. And then right next to it, here's one where you can ride a plane and make the plane go up and down. Here's one where you can ride on like a jumping frog thing. That one's a little newer. Here's a pirate ship one. Most of it's just it's things spin in circles and the little kids can act like they're driving the things, right? This is most of the old kitty park. But I mean, you're standing in the blazing hot fucking sun. They want you to buy more water. They also have a castle where they do a show. Now, I was in the shitter during the show. I'm not going to lie. Oh. But Hallie took Cal to the show and they do a whole thing where they bring a bunch of kids up to participate, but then they bring the parents up and make the parents look all goofy. Yes. Hallie was like, Hallie's a performer. She was like, that show was great. She's like, it's a legit fucking good, well-designed, funny theme park show. So they got a lot of stuff going on there that's really great. So now I'm going to, because I've, I've given them the proper compliments and I want to make sure they know I'm not trying to clown on them too hard. There's a few things I, I have to tell you about though. Three things I want to tell you guys about. Okay, so one is they have a very bizarre safari ride where they have purchased this giant truck. Oh, like a like an army truck? Yeah, like a big army style like a pickup with the seats and the flatbed and an overhang. And it's always packed out. Like a, saf a safari, the a Six Flags knockoff truck? A little bit. And they say they're going to take you on a safari. And I think it's always packed out because it's one of the only places you can get your head out of the fucking sun is under the canopy on this truck. We get on this thing and Hallie's like, I don't know, this place is tiny. Like Hallie's a vegetarian. She's an environmentalist. She's like, we're about to go on this fucking safari at this like sort of janky amusement park. This was before we'd seen the water. We, had, we, we did all this shit first. So we hadn't seen the water park yet. She's like, these animals are going to be all fucking mangy and fucked up. This is going to be sad. You're going on the safari thing and there's like a recorded narrator. All of the animals are just like big, giant, painted plywood animals that they prop up along the way. No. It's really fucking weird, man. Come on. It's really weird. And they straight up, like, you just drive by and it's like, here's a big, giant, fucking painted plywood rhino just propped up on a hill. And then there's this voice that's like, off to the left, there's a rhino, this and that. Oh, What's the quality of the plywood painting? Like, like, like stack ranking in like the art world. I would say they hired a good person 
and it looks, you know, the animals look on target, but they've also just left these things out in the blazing sun for years. So they're kind of sun faded. Oh. Um, I'll also tell you that one of them is straight up Bigfoot that they have. You see a big giant, like 12 foot tall and they're like, Oh, up on the Hill, it's Bigfoot. Now I took issue with this cause I do happen to know from my weird New Jersey past in this area of New Jersey, they don't call Bigfoot Bigfoot. They call him the big red eye. Huh. And in my mind, if you're going to do that and take that swing, tie it into like, this is a local park. It's a small place. So why not give us a little bit of the big red eye? Even if you say that's Bigfoot, or as we call them around here, the big red eye. Watch out, kids. People have been seeing sightings of this thing for, you know, add a little local flavor to it. Now you might be going, well, I don't know, dude. They're showing you a fake lion, fake zebra, a fake Bigfoot. Get over it. No, because they already tied it in to local history in a way that I found so bizarre, which is... They tell you that the land the safari is taking place on was the home of Jenny Jump, who the Jenny Jump State Forest is named after. But do you know the legend of Jenny Jump? Do you guys know it? No. I do. I'm a little rusty, but I'm pretty sure I know this one. Yeah. The legend of Jenny Jump is that she was a little girl who jumped to her death to flee people attacking her. I believe, I may be misquoting it, I think the legend, and I'm, I'm hedging they my- They highlight that part of the story? Well, no, I, I, listen, I'm hedging my bets on this because I believe it's like a- Angry a, Native American. Angry Native. Like by by yeah. today's standards, a pretty racist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Angry Natives were chasing her, so she jumped off a rock and killed herself instead of getting captured. So you're on the safari where they're like, this was where Jenny's family used to grow vegetables and her dad would tend to the fields and she'd come out and pick them. And they keep using the phrase Jenny jump. And then you go around another hill where they're like, over there is a cheetah on the hill. (laughs) Fastest land mammal. Now that hill is where Jenny jumps family used to have a storehouse and a barn. And and they keep mentioning Jenny jump and you're on a truck full of children and they never mention this legend. They never mention it. Do you think that her real last name was actually Jump and it's just very ironic? Or do you think that that's a nickname they gave her after? I mean, who who is to say? But all I know is they sort of fucking... Like Jumpakowski or something like that. Jumpakowski. Yes, it got shortened at Ellis Islands. <laughs> like many a New Jersey family. They just keep using the phrase Jenny Jump. And I feel like all they're doing... Like Cal was too young to put it together that that was weird. But I'm like, for the kids on this thing who are 10, 11, 12, they're just going to turn around to their parents and go, who the fuck is Jenny Jump? What was that? And then the parents either know the story and have to awkwardly figure out how to tell them or not tell them, or the parents Google it in front of their kids and they're like, oh, I guess she's a child your age who killed herself here at some point. It was the weirdest choice, man. It was the weirdest choice. There wasn't like a plywood Jenny Jump, was there? (laughs) Oh, I wish. At the end of the safari, they hand each kid like a Jenny Jump like doll that you can fling off of of like a paper mache cliff. Like the one with the parachute that you can throw up in the air. It's like glides back there. (laughs) I wish I had seen it. And I would not be shocked if at some point they had it. And that's why all this weird audio about Jenny Jump was there, that they maybe used to do more shit with that. And somebody finally was like, guys, what are we doing? Like we've got to but they didn't have the money to totally redo the voiceover. That's my guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe more people know about Jenny Jump or it was just like a regional thing or maybe just over the years. I don't know. Who knows? Weird local. <laughs> now, I wonder if it's ever been dispelled. Like, I wonder what the actual real story is what led to that name or would just was like a made-up story to like make you afraid of like native americans at the time i'm sure it was either outright fear-mongering or there was some other thing that led to that name and then someone made up a story to justify the word jumping in there now what would you guys say if i told you that this safari was not even close to the strangest experience i had at the land of make-believe that it is a there's distant third there's two more ahead of it of the strangest and most let me also say most fucking intense well i had one of the most i'm gonna just tease this one of the most fucking intense experiences i've ever had in my life what 
happened at the land of make believe. That's do you guys buy it that they did That's a lot, Chris. Two things exponentially darker and weirder than what I just told you about the plywood safari. The fact that it's like one of the makes your top uh top list is terrifying in itself from knowing I can't imagine yeah, that the intensity of what this is going to be, unless like they like dose the water in the water park. Well, you know? I think they'd at least like tie some deer to a tree or something like that. Oh, know? that was another great part of the safari was that one point there was a real deer that wandered by and a whole bunch of the kids started yelling, deer, deer. And these were kids who were old enough to have like, their full faculties, but not old enough to realize this was just a recording and not an actual guy. So they're going, talk about the deer Ugh. and not realizing that this is just a voiceover. Like, so Jenny used to see the big one around here too. But it's like, it can't incorporate real wildlife sightings. Only plywood animals will be referenced on this tour. Were they like well painted at least? Like, did they? Like, someone did a good job when they set it up, but man, they, it's, they need to touch them up. The col- they need to replenish the colors because these things were sun bleached. Sun bleached. There's like a, a bird with a nest inside old red eye. I wish. <laughs> and inside his yeah. mouth, like. Fellas, I have to tell you about the truly unsettling and borderline unbelievable experience of Colonel Corn. Corn. Now, Nick, I know you went as a kid. Mike, did you ever go to Land of Make Believe as a kid? I went as a kid, and I also went when we were college age because we had a a friend who was working there, and he offered us free. So I've been there. Yeah, like I mean, that was twenty five years ago, but I have been there. Colonel Corn has been there since the very beginning. I'd be shocked if this was not one of their original features. I was sitting and eating food with my family when I saw a sign that simply said, this way to the talking scarecrows. Is this room, Is this ringing any bells for you guys? Bringing back any memories? The talking scarecrows ring a bell, definitely. Yes, Colonel Corn does not. So there's a whole area that has to be all original stuff. There's a haunted house. There's a building marked Santa's Barn. Behind that is a path up a hill where they say you pass this little house that they claim was Jenny Jump's house. And if you walk all the way up the hill, there's a rock at the top of this stream that they say is the rock Jenny Jump used to kill herself. But this is all like, see the Jenny Jump rocks, see the Jenny Jump house. They've stopped pushing the story itself in a full thing. So there's this very weird little area. And in this area are two real shitty looking scarecrows. One dressed as a man, one dressed as a woman. And they're kind of in between Santa's barn in the haunted house. And the male scarecrow is named Colonel Corn. And there is a sign that says these scarecrows can talk, like you can talk to them. Oh boy. So I I, I knew this was going to be strange. I knew it. And I remember Weird New Jersey covered Land of Make Believe in a lot of the stuff, but back in issue 14, like years and years and years ago. And I was like, I fucking remember we covered this. I walk up to Colonel Corn by myself, guys. Thank God Cal wasn't there. Oh, gosh. Thank God Cal wasn't there. I walk up to this shitty little scarecrow that's like shorter than me. It's got a tin can head with a face painted on it. And I'm just like, uh, hi, Colonel Corn. Come on. And from inside the chest on what sounds like a child's walkie-talkie, I just hear in a very thick, like not Warren <laughs> County accent, like a Hudson... Bergen Essex. I just oh, hear some on. guy go like, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, not not much. How, how how's your day going? Like a drive-thru? Dude, like, yeah, like a drive, like oh, a Taco Bell drive-thru level sound quality. He's like, uh, yeah, not much, man. How are you? I'm like, yeah, my day's going pretty good. How's your day going? He's like, Yeah, my day's all right. <laughs> all right, what's up with you, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just brought my kid up here. Uh I haven't been here in like 35 years, almost 40. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. And I'm like, yeah, we're having fun, man. I was like, I think you were here 35 years ago. He's like, yeah, probably was. Probably was. Uh, no. Uh, anyway. And then he kind of gives me the brush off. Colonel Corn kind of gives me, he's like, all right. Yeah. So yeah, have a good day. Have a good day, man. Uh, I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> and he kind of tells me it's time to ski daddle. But guys, here's the thing. I was totally alone and like 
all I felt was this like really pronounced sensation of like somebody is fucking watching me. You think he's like in the tree somewhere or? Like there's, I couldn't find him. I was looking, there were a few buildings around. I was looking in the windows. Was there a camera on him or? I couldn't figure it out, but I'm like, all I know is some fucking Stugatz is watching me right now. Some some fucking guy with this Goomba accent is watching me, talking to me, and it freaked me the fuck out. Maybe it's not even, you think it's that advanced? You think it's just like maybe once it hears something, there's some guy like running like the popcorn stand and he's like, oh, he's like, somebody's there. He's like, hey, hey, what's up? How are you? Like, yeah. I would not be surprised if it's somebody double dipping on a job. If you'd like hear him quietly start running like the frog hammer game off to the side or the They're like, we got a this is one of the summer jobs up there. Like, we got a great job for you. See those bushes over there? You can hide over there you look at, all summer long and talk to people. You look at your work schedule for the week and you're like, Oh man, I'm on Colonel Corn I'm today. Colonel Corn. Like of all the jobs. Yes. Feel like I'm in the I'm they're putting me in that box over by the tree over there. That's what happens if you like don't buckle a kid into the jumping frogs correctly and the kid gets hurt oh God. they force you to turn all corn for the next four days also want to tell you guys too were there like first aid facilities there or no oh, i didn't see any i'm sure there were like action park like where they could like remove your limb um, if they had to also i forgot to tell you guys too so you guys were the ones who told me about this so many russian accents on the workers so many of these amusement park visas that was all these russian kids yeah how they still get them over here oh maybe they're maybe they're from surrounding uh, or who knows? Former Soviet. Who knows? Yeah, but countries. Eastern European, yeah. Russian sound, you know, like Russian influence areas. Russian Colonel Corn would be awesome if he, talk, he started talking. Oh my goodness! Imagine that he just starts telling you about the- in Russia. Crow scares you. Now, guys, you might think, okay, dude, you said the safari wasn't the weirdest thing. Talking to the chest of a 60-year-old scarecrow as a man watches you and crouches somewhere, that was the weirdest thing. That's what you were referring to. Fellas, solid second place. Really? But I'm t- if it's a 100-meter dash, solid two to three seconds away from first place. Like a distant second. Colonel Corn in the safari, close. Santa's barn at the land of make-believe. Maybe the most fucked up thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. It was so fucked up. He's got his own barn. There's a building marked Santa's barn. Now, there's a prologue to this story, okay? Cal, I go big on Halloween, all right? Like, I was told when I moved into my neighborhood, everybody goes big on Halloween here with their decorations. I said, well, you're fucking with a guy who used to work at Weird New Jersey. (laughs) So I got all these crazy fucking zombie babies on my lawn. I got like a 15 foot tall inflatable ghost. That's like a actual scary one, not like a cartoony one. Graves, all kinds of shit, man. Like moving things that when you walk past them, they fall and scream at you. I go big on Halloween and Cal loves Halloween stuff. He, He loves creepy Halloween stuff. He oftentimes pretends to be the little creepy zombie baby. So go, daddy, I'm one of those decorations. And he does a pose like one of the fucking zombie babies that I have. It's hilarious. So I told him, I go, Cal, that's a haunted house. And he goes, I want to go. I want to go. I go, I don't know. It might be too scary because I've told you guys this on the show before. This was a full circle moment, literally dating back over 30 years for me. I have mentioned before, if you guys remember. I do. That... My, we went to the land of make-believe and I have this memory that my dad took my father into the haunted house oh, no. and came out and was like, Chris can't do that. It's too, it was weird. We're not doing it with Chris. I don't know if you guys remember me telling you that, <gasps> but I've said on the show before, I don't know what was going on in that haunted house, but my dad was freaked out enough by it. Cal really wanted to go. I'm like, fuck, what did I do? I pointed him out to him. Wait, but the haunted house is Santa and Santa's no. barn are the same thing? No, 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 no. They're right next to each other. Okay. So Mike D, here's the thing. I go in the haunted house. It was nothing. It was like weird holograms on the wall that have clearly been there forever of like, here's a hologram of Frankenstein. Here's a hologram of like a weird devil skeleton. And Cal was having fun looking at them being like, Ugh! but he was messing around. He's four years old and he was like, opting into being freaked out. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking nothing. So I'm sitting here and I'm going to use some language that I don't usually use on the show. And I also want to say too, I know this one's a little bit more of a monologue than usual. I hope it's still entertaining for you guys and for everybody listening, but I have to get this off my chest to you guys. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm like, I got so fucking depressed guys. Cause I'm like, man, really? 
Huh. Well, because I'm like, man, my dad must have thought I was such a fucking pussy as a kid. <laughs> I was having this thought of like, man, he thought I couldn't handle that. And I was like a real scaredy cat kid. I'm like, man, my dad must have thought I was just like a coward, you know? Well, you were like, you actually had a fear of like the Cold War and, and nuclear apocalypse, which I, I still find that funny, but. also, I mean, I was an 80s kid getting, con yeah, I used to freak out about bombs and getting kidnapped and constantly, there was, there was a lot of anxiety in my life. Here's the thing though, and I have verified this with my family since it happened. Santa's barn is now advertised as a fucking pizza place. It's where you go to get pizza for lunch. I walk into this fucking place with Cal, guys. I open the front door of Santa's barn, and it's like the physically darkest environment. It's super fucking dark in there. Did it smell like pizza? It did, because they did sell pizza. Okay. But it was all like super dark wood, low ceilings, they were supposed to have a gift shop there. It was closed and the lights were off. So I'm like, man, Santa's barn's kind of dark. Then you walk past this fireplace and it says, there's a sign next to it. It says, kids, walk through this fireplace and you can meet Santa Claus. Please bring your mommy or daddy. And I saw it and the gears were starting to turn. But I see it. I go, Cal, it says if we walk through this fireplace and it just looks like a fucking fireplace. And there's no attendant. There's not a theme park employee standing anywhere nearby dressed as an elf. Or Do you have to like crouch to get in there or can you just walk through the fireplace normal? Dude, it's just like a room with a fireplace and no fucking humans. And this sign that says, walk through the fireplace, bring your mom or dad. And I'm like, Cal, it says we can meet Santa. He's like, of course. He's four. He's like, Santa? Yeah. Let's go meet Santa. Yeah. So we walk through the fireplace and there's like a staircase with no decorations, just like fluorescent lighting. Like you would see if you, um, like a staircase, like when you're in a hotel and you don't want to wait for the elevator <laughs> and you take, it's like that exact vibe. You know what I mean? When you're like, eh, yeah, they, like the fire stair. Yeah, where they, you're like, they have to have it there for fire code. Yes, and but they don't want you to fucking take it because they're like, we don't want people seeing the shitty yeah, part of the like the mops and stuff. It had that like a hotel fire escape oh. staircase vibe. So I'm like, this is fucking weird. And the memories are starting to come back. That when my brother got fucking scared, he told me he had to walk through a fireplace. <laughs> it wasn't the haunted house. Oh. And this is just starting to dawn on me as we get to the top of the staircase. Guys, we open the door at the top of the staircase and you are in the attic of Santa's barn. There's not a human in sight to greet you. There are no windows. There are a series of Christmas trees, but not real trees, like different artificial trees of varying sizes that have red Christmas lights on them and that's it. We open the door. My four-year-old son turns to me and in the most genuine and serious tone of voice looks at me and goes, Daddy, this place is haunted. Get out of here. I'm not kidding. He knew. And I step, and a feeling you guys know, well, I immediately was like, oh, right. Sometimes the job of being a father is putting on a straight face when fucking insanity is happening around you. There you go. Because I wanted to be like, what the fuck is this? But it was just me and him. Hallie's not there. Play it cool. I wanted to be like, what the fuck is this, man? But instead, I know, like, so many things now that I'm a dad, where I look back to my dad and I go, oh, my dad was just, he was just not reacting to lunacy in West Orange to make me think my life wasn't completely fucking unmoored. And I realized this is one of the things. So I'm like, no, it's not haunted, buddy. It's Santa's village, Santa's barn. And there's a little path with, with Christmas style lights on it, guiding you through it. When I tell you it's so dark, you can barely see the fucking path. I'm not exaggerating. It's so dark in the attic. Imagine you are in a random attic of a giant building where there's like a Christmas tree with one string of lights on it, 12 feet away and another one, 18 feet away. Come on. And it's the, only light you have. It was like something out of fucking Goonies or Scooby-Doo. It was so weird. 
And then guys, I went on August 3rd, I believe. I'm like walking through this place, holding Cal's hand. because I don't want him to trip on anything. And I can barely see. I know he can barely see. You come around a bend on this path and there's a big red couch. And behind the couch, I see Santa oh my. behind the couch, lurking behind the couch. And I immediately assume, okay, it's August 3rd. There's no attendance. We've now walked into a random room. No one was there. <laughs> Through a fireplace with no one there to tell us any guidance. Up a staircase, nobody. Into this weird, dark fucking chamber. No one there to help us. I'm like, oh, cool. Animatronic Santa. Oh, gosh. We're going to come around the corner. I can see him from the side that there's a beard here, and he's going to be shifting around, and it'll be going, ho, 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 see you in December, kids, right? No. <laughs> it's a real guy. <laughs> Guys, it's a real man. What you, was he, like, sitting down? Or was he on, like, on his hands and knees ready to like, jump up or something? Almost like, <laughs> from what I can tell, like, I don't know if he had a little stool but it looked like he was just on his knees perched over the back of the couch. <laughs> like he had like a hernia and was like trying to get relief. <laughs> it was so fucking... He's the guy like the really, really like the scarab. It was this... But he was older, right? Dude, he was Santa. He was like an older, heavier man with a big beard oh. in a full Santa outfit in August in a windowless attic by himself. Oh, man. <laughs> And no one was in there. Was it hot up there? It was fucking August 3rd in an attic. Oh. Nick, it was like 110 degrees in this fucking place oh, with no lights. Like this man's job is to get there before Land of Make-Believe opens oh, come on. and sit in this fucking attic in the dark and wait for kids with no infrastructure to support him. And nobody else to shepherd the experience along or warn you. And I realized, why was he behind? I have no fucking clue, dude. Was it like a couch they found like on the side of the road? Like, But I got to show you guys a picture of it. I'm going to show bugs. you a picture, which I'm, I got to decide if we'll put it online because it's of my kid. I'm going to hold it up to the camera so you guys can see. Can you? Yes. Yes. You can see this here. All red lights. Cal's little face is making a face like he won't look at Santa. <laughs> You're like, Cal, go sit on the couch with Santa. He's like, Dude, uh, no, you're not sitting on the couch with Santa. Well, he's like, well, he's behind it, but I'm just saying he actually went like. You're sitting on a couch while Santa fucking looms behind you. Well, they probably, they probably, probably, I don't know. Can you sit on Santa's lap anymore? Is that like a thing? I don't even know, dude. Uh, there's weird kids drawings up around his shoulders, like above him on the wall, but they all look like fucking trophies of kids he's killed. <laughs> It was so It's like, weird. can you guys do me a crayon drawing before I put you under the boards in the room? Thanks. It was, when I tell you legitimately that as a grown adult, and I mean with you guys, I've been in, I've been in mental hospitals. Sure. I have been high out of my mind at the devil's tower and devil's tree. I've been everywhere. And I worked, even without you guys, worked at Weird New Jersey for four years of my fucking life. Yeah. When I tell you that this place is at minimum tide for the most unsettled I've ever felt as a human being, I'm not bullshitting you at all. <laughs> so did like Santa have like, <clears throat> like a magazine or like an old TV guide or like, was he just like staring at his phone space? or something? From yeah, what I could like tell, from what I could tell. He was just sitting in fucking silence. And we come around the corner and he's like, oh, good to see you again. Merry Christmas. Like he's doing the Santa thing. And I just go, I'm like, oh, immediately. I'm like, hi, Santa. I'm like, I'm really surprised to see you here in August. And I had a look on my face that was kind of like a, trying to maybe send this guy the message a little bit of like, yeah, my yeah. son has already instinctively proclaimed this haunted like maybe trying to just with eye contact. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, take it easy. Brace him. Like, yeah, like don't go too big. And I'm like, I'm really surprised to see you here in August. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, this is where my summer job is when I'm not at the North Pole. Even more depressing, yeah. And I was like, okay. And he's just like, I didn't even tell him Cal's name. He's just like, what would you like for Christmas this year? And Cal, again, I was so proud of my son with like his instincts on point. Quick as hell. He's like, uh, dinosaur. <laughs> Santa's like, you want a dinosaur? He's like, yep, dinosaur. 
Sounds good. I'm, like, I'm like, even Cal at the age of four is like, let's get this fucking shit over with, man. Like I could tell Cal was like, let's wrap it up and move along. And we got going through there. Did he give you like a candy cane or anything? No. Oh, he get, dude. Dude. Oh, no. I almost fucking forgot this. Oh, God. I wouldn't eat anything. No, 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 no. It was even weirder. It was even weirder. I don't know why this weirds me out so much. He gave us a fucking cookie cutter. <laughs> gave us like a little metal or plastic, metal plastic, or plastic, like a little plastic cookie cutter to make. Was it like of him? Christmas. I didn't even look. I didn't even look. I just kind of put it in a bag. I held it in my hand. I think Cal was holding it, and then I took it and just threw it in a bag. I gotta look. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, like, I looked at it and it said, "Like you will die tonight." <laughs> like, like. Whoever eats these cookies will fucking turn into a fucking zombie. It was so fucked up. It's a, it's a strange, uh, yeah, I guess people like to make Christmas cookies. So maybe that's the association. Who knows? Now, I also want to say too, if you guys went or anybody listening goes, it, it will feel overhyped based on what I've said. But keep in mind, that's because I've just spoiled the whole thing for you. And I would invite anyone who goes, first of all, again, reminder, Land of Make-Believe is fucking great. That's awesome. The water park side is great, and the other side has so much nostalgia to it. There's a handful of weird things that remain, though. I'll just remind you, when you go, imagine walking in without having heard all these spoilers and with a four-year-old who's instantly freaked out and you're in protective mode, and you'll start to understand where I was at because I was not braced for this shit at all. <laughs> I feel like there's... Like- but, but the water park kind of made up for it. The water park we did after that, and Hallie and I were both like, yo, this is great. And we have high standards for water parks. And Hallie loves rides. She was like, that was fucking great. That's awesome. It's kind of built for the kids, but for the older kids and adults, there's like, no joke, six or seven really, really killer slides. Right. And then the lazy river. That's cool. It was a good day. Really, really good day. Don't get me wrong, but the fucked up shit was real fucked up, man. The safari, Colonel Corn, and then the Santa's Barn thing. I was like, yo, this, if it was just those things, this place would be notorious in North Jersey for how fucked up it is. But they successfully managed to dilute it with a, a lot of really, really great kiddie rides and water slides. Now I want to go just to, yeah, it's so worth it. It's so worth it, Mike D. You would love it. And if you brought the camera, because for anybody listening, Mike, you've been on a really great photography bender lately. Like there's yeah, oh, this stuff's great. so much old vintagey shit, so much like 50 stuff, such a, such a good vibe in so many ways. And then the dark turns are just like, oh, wow. Between the safari and then Colonel Corn is where it really starts to turn a corner. And then Santa's Barn in particular. There's like really a feeling that your soul is being tested in some weird ways. Do you think the next time that we do a New Jersey is the world live show, we could have Colonel Corn as a guest that people could talk to at the show? Oh my goodness, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Like, yeah, find find Colonel Corn. It just was like again between Colonel Corn and Santa. I'm like, how many people get hired at jobs at this amusement park where it's like, go lurk in a fucking corner all day and then interact with people in a way that feels like an attack on them. That's what both experiences felt like. I mean, it's hard enough to find people to work anywhere right now, especially like there. You're limited to like, you know, a hiring pool that's up in the sticks somewhere. That's like the exact, like the exact setup for like a Tom Stoppard play, right? It's like, what what does like Santa do when no kids are there? And what does like Colonel Corn do when there's no kids there, right? Like that's like a whole play right there. Dude, like it's funny you bring that up because you know how we've long said, And I feel like we have brought this up on the show, especially in the early days, that the adventures of Pete and Pete might be the most New Jersey show, maybe even more than Sopranos. I've I've put that out there. That I I can make a good case for that. I think the way Pete and Pete looks at childhood 
and how childhood can be real confusing and how there's this like separation where kids and adults can be having two different experiences in the same place and same time. I don't know if I've seen a place that reminds me of those childhood feelings of like that unsettled childhood feeling more than some of these places at the land of make-believe. It was fucking phenomenal. Kind of takes you back to the way you used to feel about like Turtleback Zoo when it was, you know, not what it is now, you know? Right. When you're like, I guess I just paid money to look at a sleeping or maybe dead leopard in the corner of its cage that has a yeah, twitched- It was like one of those places that was like <laughs> comforting, yet like I have so many disturbing memories from, from there as a childhood. Like very vivid memories of like, you know. At least they were real animals. Weird. <laughs> Being miserable. How many times do you think we were unknowingly staring at an already dead animal, though, back at the Turtleback Zoo in the 80s? Of like, it's in the cage and it's dead and no one has realized yet. I bet that happened. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sure that must have happened. Probably, yeah. I feel bad yeah. that I talked as much as I just did. Why? Because I feel like I really steamrolled that one by going to an amusement park you guys didn't attend and then doing an episode about it. But the whole. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like you, well, I steamrolled the last episode, so don't worry about it. I needed to fucking, I needed to get. That. I guess that is true. The deep dive you drove, Mike D. You drove the Brewster interview, so I'm back in the driver's seat on this one. I, I guess I shouldn't feel too bad, but goddamn, guys! Like as far as one of the iconic places that's name has come up on the show that we haven't actually touched base with, a plus touching base makes me want to go to wild west city it's not that i mean makes it's not me a wanna, bad trip up there. dude Cowtown rodeo diggerland like i somebody will somebody please go with me to Cowtown like before the end of the summer nobody will go with me because everybody like likes animals and they think the animals are being hurt i just had a friend of but, mine reach out um my friend kate sweeney who directed my my half my life special she was like dude we gotta go to Cowtown together and she's vegan Let's go. So I was like, I, I'm worried about the animals. She's like, it's actually a pretty good vibe. Oh, she already went? She has gone and says it's awesome. And she's vegan. Yeah, I mean, they're like real, like they're real. They're living the life, those people. You know what I mean? We got to go, dude. I also want to, Cal wants to go see a real demolition derby so bad. And I've been trying to look up. Let me. Um, I think there's still one or two in Jersey. And w if there's one that's not too far, it's probably Wall. They don't do it every weekend, but it's a special thing. And then also, I think... Um, I don't know if there, there's the big state fairs coming up too. That's like the big, I think it's going on right now. It is actually that it's, it's it, going on right yeah, now this weekend. I don't know if they do demolition derbies there, but they usually do it a lot. But then there's also, I don't know if new Egypt does it. That's a, that's dirt right now, I think. But, um, uh, check out wall because I know they do a demolition derby and that was the last time I saw it. It's, they limited the size and stuff like that and, and all that, but I'll, I'll reach out to angry bill because he knows all about that stuff. I'll go to Wild West City, definitely. I, I feel like I make this threat all the time, but I mean, I want to look up and see how late into the year Wild West City stays open. Well, I think they do a- Like a fall? Halloween thing. We got to all go together <laughs> and we got to let the listeners know when we're going and say like, yeah. come meet up, hang out, Wild West City. Oh man, they just had, on their homepage, the Wild West City just had a real Native American shaman and storyteller this past weekend. That's awesome. I love that. Story. Maybe wow. that's why the parking lot was so full when we drove by. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> Haunted Wild West Fest, October 2023. Done. Did we miss the other thing, the big ceremony down in um, the uh, the monument in the Pine Barrens, uh, Emilio? Carranza? Yeah. Carranza. We did miss it, yeah. Did we miss that? Oh. Yeah, we did. Uh, Dr. Brian kindly invited me to attend but i was unfortunately that was the week i was away oh great side story from the place that's busby's it was a place that kept um his uh, body on ice, ice. <laughs> uh, my landlord now their family was somehow involved with that general store back in the day and we ha i have the original sign right out in the other room hanging the general store sign what which is pretty cool yeah that's very cool i was like you kidding me yeah i was like that's insane Trying to find how late into the year Wild West City stays open. I will tell you guys, I just found this brilliant sentence. Unfortunately, we are no longer accepting AAA discounts due to their new policies and unresponsiveness. We apologize for the inconvenience. How much? Just throwing AAA under the bus. What'd you get hit for uh, at, uh, um, what should we call it? Land Make Believe. Land and Make Believe. It was a little more expensive than I wanted it to be based on what it was. Was the water park extra? I think it was for all three of us. I think it was a little over a hundred bucks for the day to get in. But that's the water park and everything. It's the water park too. Did and they get you on the food or was it not too bad? 
The food wasn't horrible. Wasn't too bad. That's I mean, good. the food wasn't horrible price-wise. The food itself. Right. The, also, that's the other <laughs> The pizza I got at Santa's Barn was... Elio's. I mean, sub Elio. We're in North Jersey. It's like can't. sub Elio's. Sub Elio's. I would have... It was like Aldi's pizza. It was rough. It was rough. It, it was rough. So... uh not the best vegetarian place, although they, I mean, they had all stand for like fried chicken and fucking cheese fries. So that looked good. Um, let's see the calendar on Wild West City because we got to do follow up with that. Oh my goodness. Let's see where we're at. So, uh, oh, we just missed Sunday, July 30th. They had a civil war encampment. That's cool. They're still, oh, they have another civil war encampment at the end of this month. Maybe we could go up for that. Oh, also, some, um, something called Thunderbirds. What is Thunderbirds? Let's see. Oh, the Thunderbird American Indian Dancers are the oldest resident Native American dance company in New York. That could be fucking cool. Dude, Haunted Wild West Fest starts in October. Maybe that's the move. Seriously, though, I know everybody's busy, but if we can do Cowtown on a Saturday, I really want to go. Plus, I've like, I've been watching PBR way too much because it's on Pluto and I got sucked back into it. Let's do it. Well, my trip to the land of make-believe has uh, has reignited my belief that we need to all start planning some group visit, visits to some of these iconic spots. So let's commit to it. Make it happen. Any final follow-up thoughts, questions on, on land of make-believe? Anything you guys want to call bullshit on or need clarification on? Because I, I hope I've been fair and I wanted to put the whole experience out there. I think, uh, I think you highlighted a great part of... New Jersey in that area was also I for me when I was a kid Waterloo Village was a big thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, I think that that whole part of Jersey has a lot to offer, and it's become very developed going on fifteen. But hey, listen, you know what? It's it's a beautiful part of the state, and um, I, I don't know. People I, should appreciate what we have. I was driving up around that part of the state a whole bunch the last two weekends, and we there's some really cool stuff up there. There's like this amazing. Um, like abandoned monastery. We also went to this like other like uh, abandoned bar that was basically like stopped in time. Like there is some really cool stuff. Like that monastery. We used there. to get our Christmas trees there every year. Across, and, like, they the, still sell Christmas trees. And then trees. the nuns would always sell jams and all like that great stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was our torture fest for uh, our family not talking after cutting the Christmas tree down every year. Now, Nick, you mentioned Waterloo Village. You guys want to hear, I once read the greatest thing about Waterloo Village, which was that um, you know, there's been stretches where it's been the historical village. And then there's been many different stretches where it's just actually been abandoned. Even in recent times, I think they do concerts there again. Do they? I wasn't sure. Lollapalooza was there recently. No, I, I, now they just, yeah. no, when we were like in high school, but I, I, I a, a friend guy in my neighborhood just invited me. He was going out to see a band at Waterloo village last weekend, but we were camping. Oh, cool. So they still do some stuff there, but I once read that, in the era of American history, when there was the whole hobos on trains culture, and that was a really big thing, that there was a freight route that passed through Waterloo Village, and that the hobos all realized there was a completely abandoned town, and they overtook it, and it became like a hobo society. It's awesome. That there was a stretch. A hobo jungle is the proper term. Oh, really? A hobo that. jungle. That's that Waterloo Village was a hobo jungle for a long stretch of its history, which, man, would I have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen that, too. Maybe maybe we can just invite everyone, like all our listeners there one day, and make it into a hobo jungle again. Oh, boy can dream. A oh, boy can dream. Well, anyway. Nothing's stopping us. That's all I've got to say. Thank you guys. As soon as I realized I was on that safari ride, I said, I need to start just jotting down some notes because I think the fellas might love this. And I, I hope it was entertaining and, and worth the time. I'm a little spooked. Definitely. Actually, now after your story, I don't know if I want to go crawl through the fireplace myself. Dude, go for the water slides and then just check out the Santa's barn thing. Because I'm telling you, there's some... All they would need would be somebody at the top of the staircase to be like, hi, kids, Santa's around the corner and he can't wait to see you. But they're not going to pay somebody just to do that. They would take the whole edge off the thing. Which is like, here's what you're fucking getting into. You just crawled through a fucking fireplace into a weird fluorescent lit staircase. And now you're in a room that a four-year-old's instinct is that it's haunted. Like They just need somebody to be like, hey, Santa's so psyched. He's around the corner. Have fun. 
It would solve everything, but they don't do that. We should put Colonel Corn there. Oh my goodness. And he can just direct you up the stairs. Oh my goodness, Colonel Corn. Nick, that would be maybe the ultimate New Jersey job for you. Oh, I can't. Well, I guess. You can I talk can to that. anybody. You could do it from home now with the internet. I could do it from oh, here. Yes. I just have the computer, have like a motion sensor. Dude, we put a camera in Colonel Corn's face and you, you're just Colonel Corn no matter where you are in the world. I'm just going to pretend I'm the Italian barber from, from <laughs> Nutley now. Ah, everybody join the Patreon to understand that reference. This has been New Jersey is the world. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world if you want to know more about that Italian barber from Nutley. What's going on in there? I can't tell you. You'll be offended. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the world. New Jersey is the world is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the world is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the world and on Instagram at New Jersey is the world. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the World.